welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you live from the OpenStack Summit in Vancouver, BC. It's an exciting summit, once again, with a vibrant engagement with developers, players in the industry, users of OpenStack. And one of those folks who was so nice to come along for a conversation on Chip Chat is with us, Kathy Spence, Principal Engineer from Intel. Welcome, Kathy. Hi, Allison. Thanks for having me. So, Kathy, you and I have been talking about the journey to cloud for a long time from an Intel IT perspective. Can you just start with a discussion about why Intel has made such an investment in moving our own IT infrastructure to cloud and self-service provisioning and what we've learned along the way? I know that's a big topic. Okay. In Intel IT, we've always had a vision around cloud. And when we started working with cloud, it was all about doing basically workload consolidation. It was about cost. It was about trying to get as much efficiency out of our servers as possible. But it quickly evolved to more of a play around agility, enabling the business to move as fast as they can. And the self-service played a big role in that, enabling self-service provisioning, on-demand services. And that was really the biggest driver around why we chose to develop our enterprise private cloud. With our users looking around in terms of public cloud and having all these great capabilities available to them in the public cloud, they wanted the same capabilities internally, Mm -hmm. especially for Intel-only type of workloads. And the other part of that is that we're a pretty big IT organization. We do have a lot of computing capacity. We want people to use capacity that we already have before they go and turn to public cloud providers and pay for something that we already have ourselves. So it's really important to enable that capacity with those self-service cloud capabilities. Now, that meant a change to the way we were delivering our services in terms of the software choices and how we were actually building out those services for developers and others to use. It also meant some changes in the way we thought about how we were delivering services to different organizations across the company. Can you talk a little bit about the thought process that led to that and the things that were learned along the way? Yeah, so that's a huge culture shift from a traditional IT organization. And with cloud, it's completely different with self-service. So there has to be enough information available for them to actually do the Mm self-service. Their responsibilities have changed. If they're able to land applications in a data center without IT being involved, they have to know enough about what's the governance process, what are the security requirements, how do they make sure that they are up to date and patched and secure and so forth. It's a little bit different if you're using infrastructure as a service, Mm -hmm. you become a server administrator. Right. And we hold you to the same standard that our IT server administrators are held to. They actually have to go through the same exact training. Mm -hmm. If you use the platform as a service, then that's a little bit different because we've abstracted the servers away from you. So the training is is onerous, but you still have to understand your responsibilities to brand identity and so forth. So I think that that enters us into OpenStack 
Can you talk about Intel's engagement here and why this is an important thing for the company as a whole? OpenStack is important from an Intel product standpoint as well as from an IT standpoint. And so one of the reasons that we did get involved with OpenStack was because we wanted to support that for the greater Intel. We chose to take a leadership position because we thought it was important to Intel and we could get the cloud benefits for Intel IT. It was really a good choice to start working with the OpenStack community. We like the idea of being able to influence the community and being able to make contributions to the community. Our contributions from an IT standpoint tend to be things that are like, how does OpenStack get integrated into the enterprise? It's around the edges. OpenStack has been a good experience for us, but also there's some pain associated with that as well, too, because when you're on the cutting edge, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to take some risk and deal with the maturing. Where do you think we are in terms of achieving a rugged, easy to deploy deploy OpenStack solution that doesn't come with some of the challenges that users talk about today. And what do you think are the key things for the community at large and the industry in particular to work on as we deliver solutions based on OpenStack? OpenStack has come a long way and there's more capabilities in the later releases if you can keep up. That's another challenge for IT in terms of trying to keep up with some of those releases. But you know, then there's also distributions available from commercial providers. I think the last time I looked, it was in the neighborhood of 20 different commercial OpenStack distributions that you could get from a provider. And in general, the way that they work, they'll give you the software, but then you pay for the support part of it. And IT departments actually like to have that support, to have that one company to go to, you know, they call that, you know, the throat to choke kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that idea of having that. So there are a lot of options of using pure open source directly versus using a commercial provider. You spend a lot of time thinking about Cloudware application development. Right. Why is that so important as we move forward to this automated self-provisioned model? Well, you know, I said earlier that when we started, it was about costs and it was about virtualizing applications. And you pretty much took whatever was on a server and you put it in a virtual machine. You know, those traditional applications don't really take advantage of all the great stuff that you can do with a cloud. So what we would like to see is more applications being written for the cloud, Mm -hmm. to really have an understanding about how the cloud works, to respond to things like being very elastic, being able to grow and shrink based on the demand, and be very highly tolerant of failure, not rely on five nines of infrastructure availability, but being able to adapt to what the environment offers. If we're going to do cool things like hybrid cloud in the future, and I think everybody's really trying to get to more of a hybrid cloud model, Mm -hmm. because they want to be able to do things like provision for typical usage versus provision for peak usage. And if they want to be able to burst and use external capacity, your application has to be written to take advantage of that. It has to be written so that it can survive out in the wilds of the internet. (laughs) So it has to really be designed for failure, latency tolerance. And the thing that we talk about the most is simply designing your application in small components that can scale out as opposed to scaling up where you're going to hit some kind of a limit. How do you think we can break through in terms of getting new best practices? Yeah, a lot of the fundamentals around what's different for cloud is really based on a lot of good programming practices. So the cloud gives you a reason for adhering to the good practices that are already available. But what we're seeing from an industry perspective is more guidance 
guidance around what are the principles and why are they important. So there's a lot of education going on and also establishing design patterns so that developers have some templates that they can draw from. Like the most famous example around Netflix, they open source a lot of their components so that you have real world examples to follow. You know, there's a lot of exciting things going on in terms of delivering these core capabilities Are there any tools from Intel, tools from industry groups that you think are interesting that should be referenced? Our work with the Open Data Center Alliance, there's a paper that we wrote on architecting CloudAware applications. It includes nine different design patterns Mm -hmm. and goes into detail around the characteristics. Also from the Open Data Center Alliance is another tool called the Cloud Maturity Model. It's not specific to CloudAware application design, but it takes you through the overall trajectory around cloud and can help you think about what your strategy is and how that can mature over time. I'm going to move forward to a different topic. How do you differentiate why someone would want to utilize platform as a service versus infrastructure as a service in a data center and why do both exist for somebody who's not in the developer space? Basically, developers don't really want to manage servers. Mm -hmm. So when you think about a traditional application development, you would go and you would get a server and then you'd land your application on it, you'd over-provision it, and then you'd have to do everything. You know, there's a lot of work associated with that. Sure. By abstracting the server from the picture, all they have to do is push their application into the cloud and then the orchestration software figures out where to land it. And so there's no server provisioning. So even with infrastructure as a service, it can take around 45 minutes to provision virtual machines. Mm -hmm. But where the real value is, is that you don't have to support those virtual machines. The platform runs in a collection of virtual machines that's supported by the IT hosting team. And so they take care of all of that for the developers. What is different in terms of open source software development and industry collaboration to deliver the full capabilities of platform as a service? And what groups is Intel involved in there? So Intel is involved with a group called the Cloud Foundry Foundation. Mm -hmm. Intel is a member of that foundation. And also Intel IT is part of the community advisory board, Mm -hmm. you know, driving enterprise requirements into that community. The Cloud Foundry project will support a whole variety of programming languages and frameworks. Mm -hmm. And it's really designed well to scale out. We deploy Cloud Foundry on top of OpenStack. Mm -hmm. And so we use an automated deployment tool called Bosch, which provisions a collection of virtual machines for our platform to run in. And then the users interact with the platform versus the infrastructure. One final question for you. I heard that you had a job change. Why don't you tell me what you're doing now? Right, I did. So I've worked in IT for 11 years as principal engineer in the cloud computing space. And I'm just starting a new job in the client computing group where I'm going to be working on business clients. And I think my theme is going to be around bringing cloud and clients together in a more meaningful way. That should be exciting. I would love to have you back on the show to hear about the progress in that role. Thanks so much, Allison. It's always great talking with you. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash big data, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization. 